0: Solution.org, episode 554. And this one is going to be an interesting one, and this is one that we all want you guys to jump in on and debate as well. So we're talking about besides testosterone, what else can be used in TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, and HRT, hormone replacement therapy. So this is an interesting one. So really, we can dive into so many different things. We can dive into other steroids that can be used. We can dive into oral steroids, injectable steroids. We can dive into... um uh, peptides. We could dive into uh, prescription drugs. You know, an- ancillaries, uh, post-cycle therapy ancillaries that some people use. So I've heard a lot of different stories of doctors, different doctors prescribing their patients other things besides testosterone. And even I've heard of people doing. You know, um, I've heard of doctors prescribing no testosterone, and they'll prescribe other things. And I've heard of people doing self-HRT where they take different things. So we're kind of going to dive into all of it. It's really, I mean, uh, this show, I mean, we're going to talk about so many different things on this show and so many different options for you. So let's first talk about why most people – are going to If you go to a doctor and you're like, I want to get on hormone replacement therapy, most doctors, most anti-aging clinics will put you on testosterone. They'll put you not only on testosterone, but they'll use a disipinate, anethate ester, or they'll use a sustenone, onadron ester uh, if you're in Europe. So you got to remember at the end of the day, a lot of people don't understand. They're like, okay, our body produces testosterone. So I'm going to shut my own testosterone down and take exogenous testosterone that's made in a lab it's not extracted testosterone from an animal or from a human that's then injected back into us you gotta remember this is a lab made testosterone so it's not the same thing okay it is not the same thing the chemical structure is the same but it's still a little bit different so it begs the question What's better for you, your own body's natural testosterone, natural hormones that are being produced, or exogenous hormones that come in? I would make the argument it's better. Your natural hormones are going to be always be better because it's coming from your own body versus coming from somewhere else. And we've seen the evidence of people who use exogenous, not just testosterone, but exogenous anything, could be exogenous HGH, could be exogenous anything that just don't get the type of results they've been desiring. It's kind of like you take a computer, you buy a computer online, right? And they deliver it. And then right away you start replacing parts into that computer. And then you notice, you know what? The computer just doesn't run the same. Even though I'm replacing one part with the other, for some reason, it just happened to me actually the other day, I had an electrical issue in my garage. So I took the GFCI, I went to Home Depot and I bought a $25 GFCI, the same exact GFCI, same brand, same everything. And I put that thing back in, but it just didn't run as good as the original one that was in there. Even though the original one was older, we see this with appliances, same thing. You'll have an appliance and then you'll replace the appliance with the exact same, everything, the exact same size, the exact same power, everything. It just doesn't run the same as the original. So so that's food for thought on that. So at the end of the day, you got to remember that. And um, a lot of people say, oh, testosterone, it's naturally found in the body. It should be a base of all cycles. But the testosterone you're injecting is not naturally found in the body. It was made in a lab. So, I mean, you're you the objective is to get similar effects. But are you going to get the same effects? No, you're not. It is just... It, it, I, I'm not, I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer that it's better for your own body. It's just like vitamins. It's all better for your own body to produce these vitamins and to have these vitamins and get these vitamins from foods rather than supplementing with vitamins. It's, it's kind of the same topic. So we got to kind of like, Oh, this is part of this podcast guys. we have to kind of open our minds a little more, than abc style of bodybuilding because abc style of bodybuilding and dartboard dieting works great for those who have fantastic genetics like some of these idiots out there IIPB pros they don't know shit about any of this stuff they have no scientific knowledge or anything but they look fantastic because they have the genetics so they can get away with not knowing shit and not really doing everything the correct way and they could still be successful. So I'm going to jump in on that a little bit, and then we're going to kind of dive into some options for um, besides testosterone for HRT.
1: So, I mean, it occurs to me, Steve, listening to what you just said, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, here's the thing, right, guys, and it's the reason why we recommend blood tests when you're doing it yourself, and obviously if you are working with a, a clinic or a doctor or an endocrinologist and uh, you're looking to get on CRT or you're already on CRT, it's the reason why they do blood tests. It's not just for your health. And we've actually covered that in another podcast when we talk about making sure you get blood tests to get your your lipid levels, your cholesterol, all this kind of stuff, double checks all the time to see where you are and to do exactly the same for yourself as you would if you'd go into a clinic. That aside, what you're also looking at, as Steve White as Steve rightly points out, is there are going to be differences. There are going to be differences. It's the reason why I weigh what I weigh, the C weighs what he weighs. And both of us are, we're, we're towards the low end of, the amounts of PEDs that we would use on cycle versus other people with the genetics that Steve just described, or sometimes worse genetics, using vast more amounts than we do to look similar to what we do, either at my size or Steve's size, right? So there's something I've touched upon, in, in and this applies to TRT and HRTs as much as it does for performance enhancement. There's what I call an affinity, Steve. Now, I'm not going to get into because we know that there's just so much bro science there. But the whole receptor slash affinity thing comes down to how I respond on an amount versus how Steve responds to the same amount and why we would respond differently. And this applies to TRT for the same reason. Why would it not? It's the precise reason why we know what the average numbers are when you go to a TR clinic or or, or work with an endocrinologist. We know what the typical dosage is, but we also know that there are sometimes other dosages used. So you quite simply get the same person or almost the same person, one on 120 milligrams a week, and someone else on the much more rarer 200 milligrams a week, and then one, uh, another person, again, on a very, very, very rare uh, one in a 1,000 that might need or require as much as 300 milligrams. And that's just using the same drug, state. So there's one. Another one is this example again, and this sometimes happens on the forum, and it's the reason why we would ask this question. And this is more to do with a cycle than TRT, but the same rules apply. You come on a forum, you're talking about TRT, but you don't say what your weight or how tall you are for that weight or how much body fat you're covering, you're holding. You don't say, for example, that you had gyno as a kid, and it's literally only just gone as you started to get into training and in the gym. So I don't know that. Steve doesn't know that. Everybody else is trying to help you doesn't know that. And we're holding you up against this imagined individual who's relatively lean, relatively muscular, and so on and so forth. So we expect our, our advice goes towards the typical Joe. It's only when we know your individual differences from that Joe, that average person that we'd normally advise, the numbers that we, we would give out, that we're sort of able to tweak our advice specifically for you. The same thing applies. So, for example, the typical drug that we would see a clinic or most people using would be testipunate or, on occasion, in Amphite. But we also know, as I said, the numbers were somewhere between 120 and 200, typically 120 for just health reasons. But there are going to be people that are different, like, see, genetic advantage. There are going to be people that are overweight. There are going to be people that struggle every single time, or even on TRT, they have estrogen issues they shouldn't, but they do, and so on and so forth. And then you're just going to get lifestyle stuff. If you tell us how tall you are, how much weight, what your body fat is, but you don't tell us that your job is super stressful or super relaxed, you don't mention your age, so we don't know you're retired. And again, the advice we would give, and for example, what a clinic would give you, in terms of administration, the more information they have from you, the better. The more information we have, the better. And the rules for a performance enhancement cycle applies here with CRT. It's literally gonna come down to, it should be a law of averages, Steve, but it isn't. So we know, for example, that guys out there that you have used other drugs, that you don't have to be on test D or test C, that they, they do just as well as someone on either of those two drugs, it's just that they, they, they find that they do better on something else and that their lifestyle improves and all the benefits that we've discussed in other podcasts or being on TRT or HRC are there for them. Even to our surprise, they've come back with blood lipids and profiles and, and tests and showed us, and we go, wow, you know, your numbers are where they're supposed to be or they're just a little bit out of range. They're not as bad as they thought they would be because you're using something like trend. So it's literally that individual stuff. There are commonalities, and this is the reason, that's our starting point. But there will be differences. Back you, Steve. So let's get into the fun stuff now.
0: The first product that we can kind of point to, which does aromatize heavily into estrogen, is Dianable. Now, I've seen guys run Dianable. I've seen guys run Dianable as like a bridge in between cycles, that was very popular. Uh, that got popular among a lot of people back in the 90s and early 2000s. I can remember guys pushing that. So that would be an example of something you're kind of like cruising on Dianabol in between cycles. You'll cruise even for a year until you're ready for your next cycle. So basically, the ball is coming in there. Um, it's going to aromatize heavily into estrogen. So you're getting a nice estrogen bump. Um, and you're going to basically run, say, 10, 5 to 10 milligrams a day. Of the dianabol instead of testosterone, and you get very similar effects at that dosage as you would. Let's say you're running a strong dose of, of testosterone for HRT, like 150, 175, even 200. So you, that would be kind of equivalent to that. So you'd get more estrogen conversion than what you would normally get if you were producing your own testosterone at a, at a at a normal clip. So that's an option and you would get more androgenic effects, you get more pumps, you get some of the other uh, benefits. Now, we're not saying this would be a healthy thing, you know, long-term necessarily, but then again, with testosterone, if you're running 175, 200, 250, and you call that TRT, that's not healthy either. A lot of people don't get that concept. A lot of people don't get the testosterone used at a moderate level or anything above what should be common TRT is not healthy either. So I mean you have to factor that in. Now on the flip side, you could take something like masteron for uh for HRT. Now what what would masteron do for you? It'd be do the opposite. Not only would you not be getting estrogen conversion in the body, but you get less estrogen conversion because it masteron has the ability to really block estrogen conversion in the first place. It's a DHT derivative, dihydrotestosterone. It also is an incredible hardener, incredible for vascularity. So you could do Masteron for your HRT, let's say, uh, I'd say 100 to 150 milligrams a week, very similar to the dosage that you would want to take for testosterone. And that would kind of give you that DHT effect. So basically, you'd be like basically taking DHT. And the same thing goes for Winstrol. You take Winstrol, you'd probably take, I would say maybe 10 milligrams a day, 15 milligrams a day of Winstrol. And then that would be the same effect. You're basically just taking DHT in your body. So you're not getting estrogenic effects. You're not getting any boost in estrogen in the body, but you are getting a big boost of DHT in the body. But the drawbacks of doing that is your head hair would take a beating much more than it would if you were taking testosterone your joints could take a beating, obviously a lot more than you would on testosterone or dianabol. So you have to factor that in as well. And then also the effects on your prostate, does taking a DHT derivative, that's a straight DHT derivative, mess with your prostate more than taking testosterone or dianabol, which do convert into DHT in the body, but obviously as a, a much more indirectly, because you got to remember, Masteron and Winstrol are direct, dihydrotestosterones so those are kind of the factors to do it now i'm going to kind of um you know now here's the one you guys are going to love it's in the middle of these and that's primobolin primobolin is a dht but it's a very mild dht it doesn't convert to estrogen obviously as it's a dht but it also has much more mild side effects so we've seen primobolin over uh, this is outside the united states Prevoboling cannot be prescribed in the United States because it's not legal. So technically, it's not, you know, if you're a doctor, you cannot prescribe it, obviously. You can't prescribe something that's not even legal. But they do overseas. And there's been a big push by doctors over the past, really, you know, during the whole AIDS and HIV uh, period where they didn't find a drug. Now, there are drugs that can treat HIV and AIDS very, very well. So doctors have gone away from hormones. But before that came along, your issue was muscle wasting. And doctors loved and getting their patients on Premabolin for this. So if you have a muscle wasting disease and you want something with low side effects, Premabolin would be something doctors would go. And then, of course, the dosage would be somewhere, around, I would say, around 150 milligrams a week, maybe, maybe even 125. So you would take that as your... HRT dose and it would help with muscle wasting. Like let's say you're a guy, you like to hit the gym twice a week, maybe. So you're not like committed 100 percent to the gym, but you want to conserve muscle mass, you have, but you don't want side effects. So prima Bowling could be an option for you. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in mobster for, for a couple others that you have, but I'm gonna go the complete 180 and do the opposite of Prima Bowling. That would be trembling. And mobster and I talked this on the pre-show. I used to know a guy back on the old EF forums, who ran trembolone? He would do self-HRT and he ran trembolone for his HRT. Now that sounds crazy, but believe it or not, he would post his blood work and his blood work was actually very good. And how did he pull that off? Because he was only running 50 milligrams of trembolone a week. That's it. And he was running such a low dose that the side effects were not pronounced. And I, I've noticed that I've used tremolone a lot over the course of my life, especially in my early to mid thirties. And I noticed even a 50 milligram difference can really make a huge difference. So example, if he was to run hundred milligrams, instead of 50 milligrams, then his blood markers will be all over the place. And he'd have a lot of side effects running trend for, for literally year round or two years or three years straight. But since he's running such a tiny dose, 50 milligrams, he wasn't getting an effect. And he loved it. He said that his His workouts were incredible. He was, you know, dropping body fat over the long term, and he was uh, gaining lean muscle mass over the long term. So and he wasn't dealing with the side effects that you normally get by running Tremblone at the normal dosage, which is seven, eight, ten times that that amount. That guys are running. And even some guys on our forum, like you know, Body Monster, Monstro, some of the other big guys on our forum will run trend even up to a thousand milligrams or more, sometimes eleven or twelve hundred milligrams a week. So he's running such a tiny amount that it wouldn't wasn't be uh giving you those side effects. So mobster, are there any other steroids that you I mean uh yeah.
1: Let me ask you one, Steve, and then I'll make a couple of suggestions. So what about Proviron as a possibility uh, in your opinion? And then I'll chuck in a couple of my own.
0: Yes, Proviron actually would be a really good one. We've seen from some blog work that some guys on Proviron don't even get shut down. So they could just run Proviron 25 milligrams or 15 milligrams a day, and they would get some good – results in terms of what you're trying to get on hrt a lot of people go on hrt for libido for erections so if you just took provirin and proviron again is, is the HD derivative it's not going to uh, convert to estrogen but you if you are someone who re- reacts well to estrogen and they get really horny on estrogen and a lot of people do then uh, Proviron won't give you as much of an effect as you were hoping. But if you're someone who reacts good to dihydrotestosterone, and your libido goes up from dihydrotestosterone, and you react good to them, when it comes to erections, then you would react really good to provirin um, in that aspect. So that's, that's a really good one, too, that some people actually do. And some people actually stack Proviron with testosterone for their HRT, or they'll stack it with another steroid for the HRT. You could even drop, say trend, you could drop the trend dose to 25 milligrams and then add in like 10 or 15 milligrams of provirin. So you could stack in. So that's, that was going to be in the next segment. You stacking in more things to your existing HRT. So you could do it that way. So you drop the, the, the base hormone and then add in provirin and then Nandrolone too. Uh, Nandrolone is another one, and this sounds crazy to a lot of people, but it's true. A lot of people will run Nandrolone for their HRT. And the nice thing about Nandrolone is it aromatizes at a small clip, but much less than testosterone. And it's a testosterone derivative. Basically, it's basically testosterone, but less androgenic effect and less estrogenic effect. So that would be a perfect one to run with provirin. You could run the nandrolone, which is DECA, or or which is DECA-Durabolin in this case. You don't want to run NPP and have to do a lot of injections. That's kind of the point of, of HRT. But you could run the DECA, I would say, maybe 75 milligrams a day, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, milligrams a week would be a good dose. And then run 10 to 15 milligrams of provirin with it for your HRT. And then that would give you like an interesting effect, I think. Um, and some guys do that. Some guys not only do that for for that, but they'll they'll do it for a cycle. But guys in the old days actually ran this. I'm pretty confident that a lot of these guys I talked to them on the podcast, some of these old timers, many of them are actually dead since I interviewed them. But we've talked off air and stuff, and they really liked the Decca Proviron stack back in the day. Um, if they they if they couldn't afford Primo. Or if they couldn't get Primo back in the day, talking about the 70s, 80s, they would actually use Deca and Proviron. And they would stay on it year-round, believe it or not. They wouldn't come off. And that would give them a nice, lean physique. So, I mean, that, I think, you know, the, the one other one, Mobster, is Equipoise, too. If you want something, Equipoise would be a good one, too. And you could run the Equipoise, like... 150 milligrams a week, I think, would be the sweet spot for HRT when it comes to equipoise. And that would be good if you like to stay active. And then along with it, Toronto Ball. You can run Toronto Ball, let's say 10 to 15 milligrams a day. And that would be a good one. Toronto Ball being an oral, and you could do that. But again, these orals, running these orals every day for HRT year round, it's just not plausible, I think and plus the liver toxicity. So I would really steer you away from T-Bowl and I would steer you toward equipoise if you wanted to go down that route. And instead of taking Dianabol, which is liver toxic, I would steer you back to testosterone. So if you like D-Bowl for your HRT, you're better off just taking testosterone because you like that estrogen. Some people react really well to estrogen in HRT and some people don't. Some people react better to DHT. So you should know once you experiment with these steroids, what re- you react good
1: to go ahead yeah i mean the, the start at the beginning of Colin. steve the obvious thing and you and i talked about this off air is you can run pretty much anything you want guys seriously because ultimately it comes down to the amount of dosage you run and then it comes down to which is kind of where we come back this, you know, it comes down to frequency perioding and the difference as steve just said which i agree a thousand percent with uh, are there orals you could take sure the risk factor of orals, of course, becomes higher because of the toxicity of most of the orals, because of the methylization, and of course, as Steve's already said again, it's how often you got a dose. And with orals, it's going to be daily, so it's going to be like, okay, that's not that bad. Taking an oral daily is not not the same. If you, I mean, I, I'm not, I've never been a great fan. of I've done what I needed to do when I needed to do it. So I'm not a big fan of using syringes, but when I needed to, I have. So, but at the same time it's a daily thing versus a, a, a far less daily thing and an obvious example here would be steve um again let's go we can select any injectable over an oral for the hopefully less toxic issues that you're going to have with an injectable over an oral and then go right what's the longest ester of that particular drug so for example Steve mentioned trend earlier on, and we know that there's ones where you, you pin daily and other ones we could pin to every second or third day. So my choice would always be to less is more. And we've talked about this in a previous show, Steve, when, of course, we covered the KISS, keep it simple, stupid. So for me, again, as a TRT, and that's whether it's something that we needed to go on for medical reasons or whether, uh, and I'm using the, rabbit, the bunny ears here, Steve, we're calling it C R T when we really been cruising and we want to stay on year round, I would still choose a longer acting ester over a shorter acting one. I would still try to keep the dosage as low as possible. So like Steve said, and something that funny enough sticks in my mind, and i made a note of this, I put the whole question mark purely and simply because back in the day when, and I'm talking about uh, 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s and 80s, Steve, five milligrams was what they were first, that's what kind of guys first started to take. The little blue pill, five milligrams a day, and they were seeing an effect. And that blows guys' minds. Now, when you talk about the 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Frank Zane, etc., when they first experimented with uh, steroids and they were only taking one five milligram pill a day, people can't get their heads around it. But they saw an effect. Obviously, if nutrition and training are on point, they're super duper. I mean, another. I, I I agree again. Um, I would probably choose to purely simply because I do so well with it, and I think it's one of us. One, Steve, you could correct me on this. When, when the Anavar first became available as a performance-enhancing drug, it was on the order of, what, two or three milligrams a day that they were using uh, because that was what was used, being used medically and because the guys were training and hitting the gym and they were healthy, they saw results on super, super low amounts. And as, as far as uh, an oral steroid goes, that would be my choice, purely and simply because I do quite well on it. And... Uh, another one you've already touched upon, on Steve, would be ball. Let's have a look at other stuff as well, Steve. Just because we're we're against the clock here, as always. Let's talk about uh, a peptide. And what else? What would your thoughts be on that as a uh, assistance to TRT and HRT, also run alongside? So, if you want, you know, a boost to your sexual health, then PT one
0: four one is one that you could do. That's really good for that. Um, and i've actually experimented with that one it's pretty it's pretty crazy uh the the effects that it has i mean i was i was really worried that my dick would fall off on that one um also igf1 igf1 um the ghrp family of peptides um we're talking about ghrp6 ghrp2 then you have cjc 1295 these are all ones that guys have experimented with and then human growth hormone, which goes alongside uh, peptides, and, and, and it is a peptide, human growth hormone, uh, um, a dose for uh, for HRT that guys would run somewhere between one to one and a half IUs. Of course, guys, some guys run more. They just, they'll actually tolerate it at a higher dose, but I don't recommend that because you're taking the risk of developing insulin resistance when you run H- HGH at a high level. So, so an HRT dose would be somewhere around a, a one IU to 1.5 IUs. So you could stack it with the steroid that you're using. And then you have the healing peptides, the TB500, the BPC157. We've talked about that on prior episodes. We've talked about all these peptides even on prior episodes. Those are ones that are popular. If you want a healing benefit, you could go that route. Now, in terms of PCT drugs, some guys run these. And uh, we already talked about Ferviron a couple of times. That's a very important one. But Novadex, Clomid, These are ones that some guys use for HRT and they react really well to them. But again, you don't want to overdose on them because they can have negative side effects. And then you've got the HMG and the ACG. These are hormones. Now, ACG is going to suppress you, but not as much as if you were taking the anabolic steroid. So you could go the ACG route and a lot of people like the way they feel on ACG. It boosts the estrogen, it boosts your testosterone levels, um, and they get a good effect of that. It's basically you're mimicking LH when you take ACG, so it's like taking LH in the body. So you could do that for your HRT. It would be a lot less uh, dangerous than taking an anabolic steroid, which will shut you down. So you could kind of experiment with ACG for like a year. And see, you know, how do I feel on ACG? And some doctors are even prescribing ACG for that purpose. Um, and and it, it it helps, I mean, some people. So, but you definitely don't want to run around an ACG um, it, if you're running a post-cycle therapy. That's not the time. But if you're on, you're going to shut yourself down anyway on HRT, then try it. And an HMG, same effects. Um, it, it will also, you know, help boost your libido it'll help you feel better and a lot of people react really well to the those those two those two um drugs i would classify them as drugs um so you could kind of look into those two um i wouldn't use aromatized inhibitors for hrt because now you're suppressing your estrogen way too much and you need estrogen as a male so it's very important not to mess with aromasin, the letro, the arimidex. Some guys were asking me on the live podcast we did, you know, should I use that in 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 uh, during in my uh, HRT? Now, the only time exception that you could throw those in is if you were using Dianabol or you're using a little bit of a heavy amount of testosterone, something that aromatizes the estrogen and you're running an excess of dose where it's an unnatural dose, where you are basically creating a lot of estrogen in the body. So in that case, then you could stack in the Aromacin. Aromacin would be my number one option in that situation. I would never use Letro in that situation. It's just too harsh of an AI. So yeah, I think we covered it all, Mobster. There's a couple more. Uh, there's the Caber and there's the Promi. Now, what do those do? Those are for prolactin. So those affect dopamine in a positive way and it affects... Prolactin down, it brings your prolactin down. Now that can help shorten refractory period, so that would be a good sexual aid if you wanted to throw that in. So you could run those the K or promi with the PT one four one, if you wanted a nice HRT effect when it comes to your your sex your sex life. So there's so many options you know that guys are going with for HRT, and it's all about doing it safely it's all about listening to your body. It's all about getting blood work done, making sure you're not throwing things off in your body. And then SARMs, there's yeah. different SARMs options, GW, SR9009, fat loss and endurance. And then you have the other SARMs, Ostarine, RAB, LGD. These are very popular for lean muscle mass. So there's a lot of different options when it comes to what you can take guys. So curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, You know, this is a podcast that nobody talks about. Nobody talks about this stuff because they're scared to talk about it. They don't have the knowledge to talk about it, but we'll talk about any topic. So if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, suggest it. And this is a topic that was submitted to us. And I thought it was a really good topic because a lot of guys are doing non-conventional things for HRT. You don't have to just go and do testosterone for HRT. There's a reason that scientists in labs have created all these other drugs and hormones, it's because they're trying to make testosterone better. They're taking the testosterone molecule, they're taking the DHT molecule and trying to improve it. So why are you just in a box and just um, uh, refusing to open your eyes a little bit at some of the other things that are out there besides just using testosterone all the time? So mobster, final thoughts, take us a disclaimer, great show.
1: Yeah, I, I, I said NK677, seven, seven, Steve, just purely and simply because it gives a growth hormone boost, boost and, of course, uh, helps you with tissue repair. And even, and I've actually asked this question on the forum and got some great answers back from the guys. I said, even a testosterone boost is simply not because I'm trying to boost my testosterone on TRT. That seems a bit pointless. <laughs> that horse has already bolted. But for, as the guys have told me multiple times, for other health, For organ health, because there are other ingredients in a good testosterone. And simply for things like plumping the balls, which a lot of the guys seem to think is super important. I've never obsessed over it. But again, you're looking here, especially with CRT, properly done CRT, of course, is as much about health. It is about performance in the gym. But like Steve said, please let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, You know, we're not super duper experts on this particular one. It's probably the first time we've approached it from this angle. So we'd be interested to see what you guys have to say on the subject as well. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours is our view and based on our experience and views on a topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.